Let's begin with a word of prayer. My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. Henry Ford said, you could have any Model T you wanted in any color, as long as that color was black. Just thought you'd like to know. Now, when I was uh, in sales, I worked for AT&T selling home security systems. They used to be in that business in the 90s. They told us to never ask a yes or no question. Can I come for an appointment on Tuesday? Because the person would always say, no. They don't want the salesman at their house. So what we were taught to do was to say, would Monday or Wednesday be better? Oh, Wednesday. Good. Would afternoon or evening be better? Oh, evening. Good. Would six or eight be... See what we're doing? We're narrowing it down. So this one dad decided that he was going to use this technique on his kids. And he said, you know, would you like to clean the yard or wash the dishes first? Or would you like to straighten your room or rake the leaves first? And one day he was at Walmart and the kids said, Dad... Would you like to buy me the red bicycle or the blue bicycle? <laughs> it all comes down to choices. Now, as a psychologist, I have to tell you that we are trained to give our patients the option of not making a choice. I want you to hear that. We can, as individuals, choose not to change, not to grow, not to heal, not to address our inner demons, our hurts, our challenges, and our fears. We can choose to stay exactly like we are. No choice is a choice. Now think about this. You make choices every day. We were discussing at school the other day. We have a secretary who is always immaculately dressed. She dresses to the nines. And she was sharing that sometimes she'll stand in front of her closet for 15, 20 minutes in the morning just picking the right outfit. And I said, well, I don't do that. She said, really? But you're always immaculately dressed. I said, I do it the night before. I am not making that decision in the dark at 6.30 in the morning. So, ladies and gentlemen, I made this choice last night before I went to bed. That's where you're supposed to say nice choice, but we'll move on, all right? We chose what to wear. We chose what to eat. Some of you had breakfast. Some of you had a healthy breakfast. Some of you had no breakfast. Some of you are fasting, because that's the big thing now, right? This, uh, oh, what's it called? Intermittent fasting. Well, I intermittent fast. Every time I stop eating until the next time I eat, that's an intermittent fast. We choose, I want you to hear this, how we treat our family, our friends, our coworkers, even how much time we spend on Facebook, Snapchat, or Instagram. We are making choices all the time. The place where you are right now in your Christian walk is based on a choice or a series of choices. I want you to hear that. People say, well, I'm not just really strong in my faith, or I'm not really sure that God has a place for me. And, and they, they complain and they whine about their spiritual health and growth. Then I, as a pastor, as a spiritual diagnostician, have to say things like, 
tell me about the time you spend in the Word. That's usually the first one that comes out of my mouth, and usually the first response is they start looking at their shoes. They get very interested in their shoelaces. Why? Because we're not spending time in the Word. Well, now that they're looking at their shoelaces, the next diagnostic question is, how much are you praying? Most people, I'm sorry to say, pray when the boat is sinking. They don't pray when they set out on the boat. They don't even pray about the destination of where the boat of their life is going. They say, I am the captain of my ship. And they only call out to God when the boat is sinking. Well, there's a third diagnostic question that I have to ask. And that's, are you fellowshipping with the people of God? Are you attending worship? Well, I find that there is God in everything. Well, that's true. But God didn't say, go hug a tree. He said, gather together with the people of God and sing praises. Now, not only studying the Bible on your own is important, but the next question I need to ask is, are you participating in a corporate Bible study, because the Bible is very clear. Iron sharpens iron. And I, I've had people in Bible study come up with some crazy ideas on their own. And you need a theologian in the room, somebody who has studied the word of God for the majority of their adult life and perhaps can delve in to the biblical languages and the history. Are you participating in a corporate study? And the last thing I really... I think really helps to diagnose where a person is in their Christian walk is how big of a check do they write for the offering plate? This is not a stewardship sermon. But you get what you pay for. I want you to think about that. Vicki and I were discussing the other day. I said, I want a real burger. And I'm sorry that today we're talking about food a lot, but food is a big choice I make regularly. And can we agree that there's a difference between a McDonald's burger and a Five Guys burger, which I like a lot, and a Houlihan's burger or a Ponzio's burger? Now, if you're listening in Ireland and you don't know where these places are, come to Cherry Hill and Danny and I will take you down to Ponzio's. That's one of the best burgers I had is that night we went there. But these are choices that we make. And... You get what you pay for. So you can have a dollar chicken sandwich at McDonald's or you can have the new Popeye's chicken sandwich. There's, there's a difference. And God says, I need you to invest in me, in my word, in our relationship, in fellowship, in worship, and yes, in stewardship. This may be the hardest thing I have to say this morning. Our church is where it is because of the choices that we've made or not made. If you're not happy where our church is right now, it's not full enough, it's not growing enough, it's not sharing enough, there aren't enough children. It is a result of our choices of how we do or do not do ministry. We're going to steer away from this for a moment so that you can have a little history of what's going on here. Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus, and Hosea are all actually the same name in the Bible. 
Remember, they didn't have vowels when they were writing them down. So the J and the S are about all you get and the S on the end. And there's this odd letter in Hebrew. It's got three uh, prongs like this. And depending on where the dot goes, it's either a sin or a shin. So Yeshua could be Yeshua or Jesus. That's how it works. So it wasn't until the 9th century AD that they started deciding where the dot went. What does Joshua, Hosea, and Jesus mean? It means the Lord saves or God is our salvation. So God is our salvation called the people to Shechem. Well, you know, in the Bible, every word has a meaning. Shechem means literally the shoulder. But what it meant in Hebrew thought was, let me catch up with my notes here. What it meant was personal interest. You shoulder your troubles, you shoulder your blessings, you shoulder the work you have to do. And Joshua says to the people, you can do it yourself or you can trust in God. And then he looks at them and he he shares like we talked about in the children's sermon. He goes over the history of the Israelite people starting as slaves in Egypt and seeing the 10 plagues being fed by the manna, by the rock that gave water, by the quail, the crossing of the Jordan River, the crossing of the Red Sea, the pillar of fire, by night and the pillar of cloud by day and they land on the the shores of the promised land and God cleared the promised land in front of them and at the very end of his life he says do you get it have you not seen God's power have you not seen God's provision have you not seen that God keeps his promises have you not seen the purpose that God has for you choose this day whom you will serve. He says, and as for me and my family, we choose the Lord. I want to finish where I started, and that's this. No choice is a choice. You can choose today to stay exactly where you are. So, I'm encouraging you to make a new choice, to do something different, to grow, to work at your faith. And we're going to move to the covenant now that's on the screen. And I I want you, hopefully you've been praying about this all month. I want you to make a commitment to read and pray for my church and church family so many days a week. I'll tell you the truth, I put six. Why did you put six, Pastor? Because everybody needs a day off. And even I, who spend the week working on sermons and preparing Bible studies, aside from my personal, every now and then I need a day off, and I don't want to feel guilty if I skip one. So I put six. Now, you may never have made this kind of commitment before, and one is more than you've ever done. So... We're not going to judge what number you put on the covenant, but God says, covenant with me. Talk to me. Learn about me. Number two is, I will attend Sunday worship blank times a month. Well, I I put four times a month. 
Because <laughs> you sort of expect me here four times a month. And you know that when I'm not here, say, at, at camp, I not only go four times, I go seven times in a row for two weeks. So I feel fairly confident that I can put four times a month. But if you notice, there's somebody very important to me not here today. Why? Because she had COVID patients last night and she's sleeping because she's got to go back tonight. God is not going to judge you because you have other responsibilities. So if you've not made a commitment to say, you know what, for the next year I'm going to place my caboose in the seat of a pew this many times a month, make that commitment. Uh, I made a list of all the people that have come to church at my invitation in the last two years to this church. And you've met them and seen them and some have stayed and have some have just visited. 25. Since I started in November of 2018, I've brought 25 people to church. Some have stayed, some have not. The question is, how many will you commit to bring? It says here, unchurched or unsaved. I, I say if they're not getting in their car and going someplace on Sunday morning, even if they tell you they're a Lutheran or a Methodist or an Episcopal or a Catholic, they're fair game. Because if they're not going somewhere, they're welcome here. Now, that also means that if you feel called to worship at a different church, I'm not going to beat you up for that. God wants you to worship. He wants you to worship with his people. He wants you to worship at a place where the gospel is preached. We just want you to go. I really feel, number five on the contract here, I really feel that I'm not doing enough with my training as a, a counselor, as a therapist. And I think that I need to look at doing more of that in the office that you have so graciously provided me with. I, I need to step out and do more therapy in the name of God. And uh, I think Wiki will nod up and down for number six on my contract. I believe that we need to have a designated prayer meeting, not attached prayer to worship, not attached prayer to worship, not attach it to the beginning and end of Bible study, but we need to have a designated time for prayer at our church. Then it says at the bottom, as members of the body of Christ, we will with the gospel reach out to our community, stand together in worship, and expand the ministries of this congregation. Not the programs, but the ministries. We're looking to get to, and I looked at my calendar, I've been misspeaking. It's not the 31st of January, 2022. That Sunday will be the 30th of January, 2022. We want to look for great and mighty things to happen in our church. But it will only happen if we choose this day whom we will serve. Amen.